more than wonderful. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Happy birthday, Rock Church. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you. We love you. I want to get right into the word of the Lord on today. Hallelujah. We've been in this series, an installment of grace to do it again. As we conclude this installment, I want to talk about what it means to be sober, steady, and settled in God. Sober, steady, <laughs> and settled in God. On last week, we talked about three steps, learning how to adapt, adjust, and acknowledge. And so I want to continue this journey on today and empowering us on what it means when God graces us to do it again, when he graces us to do it again. Paul says in Romans chapter number 12, I want you to go there, chapter number 12, verses 11 and 12. I'm reading out of the Amplified Bible. He says, never lagging behind in diligence, a glow in the spirit, enthusiasm serving the Lord and constantly rejoicing in hope because of our confidence in Christ. Steadfast and patient in distress, devoted to prayer, continually seeking wisdom, guidance, and strength. Never lagging behind in diligence, a glow in the spirit, constantly serving the Lord by rejoicing in hope because of our confidence in Christ. And patient in distress, devoted in prayer, continually seeking wisdom, guidance, and strength. The teetering compass that seems to guide us through the narrow paths of life Lead us to the lessons that teach, test, and tell the stories of how we made it through. I, I want you to just go back down memory lane just for a moment. I don't want you to take, uh, uh, go all the way back to next year. I want you to just look at yesterday. What did he bring you from? Because yesterday to somebody means everything. Somebody didn't make it this morning. Somebody didn't wake up this morning. Uh, uh, somebody didn't make it in today with the right mind. Somebody left yesterday and now they're ready to commit suicide. But by the grace of God, I'm still in my right mind. I, 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 I'm still under the protection of a God who cares enough to make sure that he answers my prayer. I'm, I'm understanding that the tweetering compass that guides us through the narrow pathways of life lends to us the lessons that teach, test, and tell us the stories of how we made it through. Uh, as we enter into this moment, I, I really want to focus here, living through the glass window where life is lived through a mask. The fear of sickness and loss grips our minds with the sudden replacement of what now? 
<laughs> I'm reminded of hearing the old saints sing that song called Precious Lord, Take My Hand. Uh, when you look at one of the verses, it simply says, When my way groweth drear, precious Lord, linger near. When my light is almost gone, will you hear my cry and hear my call? Hold my hand lest I fall. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me on. The, these are the dimming words of the late Thomas Dorsey as he was dealing with the death and the transition of his wife. Can I say it again? Uh, the tweetering compass that guides us through the narrow pathways of life teaches us the lessons they test and they tell the stories of how we made it through. When I look at Romans 12, uh, it's a powerful scripture. Uh, many of us go right to uh, verse number one. Uh, we, we talk about that, what it means to be holy, what it means to give the presentation and the sacrifice. But when we look at this, the pros, come on now, uh, the condition or the quality of Paul's writings in Romans 12 for, for many may be simple but yet ordinary to the eye of the reader. While the binary, the connection of two living active elements, the heart and the soul gives a perspective of what it takes to live sober, steady, and settled in the Lord. Number one, we have to look at the two elements, those two elements that we can see here in the text as he's talking about in verse number 12. Uh, uh, we can see number one, the heart being the central or the most inter parts of man's character and his feelings. Come on, can, can I say that again? Uh, when we think about those two binary, uh, the connecting, living, active, and breathing elements, the heart, it, it, is, it, is, the, it is the center of our innermost part of man's character and his feelings. Secondly, I want to talk about the soul. He, he represents the soul here, which is the mobility of one spirit. Come on now. Uh, uh, he's talking to not the displacement of one spirit, but, but Paul is talking to the mobility of one spirit, a spirit that is living, breathing, and active enough to understand that you might be in a situation that might not look good, but God's power, his grace, I'm going back to it the first Sunday, his grace is still sufficient enough at the end of September, come on now, uh, to bring me through. I want to talk about uh, a life that keeps me steady, sober, and settled in God. Uh, sober, when you think about that word, sobering, uh, number one, uh, the grace of sobering hope. Uh, when I think about the word sober, I'm, I'm always thinking about a drunk on the street. Come on now. Uh, uh, although they might be drunk, some drunks were sober enough to tell you what not to do. Oh, come on, can I, can I tell you? The drunk was drunk. He couldn't walk. Uh, uh, he was stumbling, uh, but he was sober enough to say, why didn't you go to church today? Uh, you know that your mama going to get you down here because uh, you're down here at the store. But, but I want to bring this home today. Number one, the grace of sobering hope. What is hope? Uh, it's a noun. It's a thing. Uh, it is the desired accompaniment of one's expectations and belief of something being fulfilled, the fulfillment 
of hope is in my rejoicing. Come on now. Uh, he, he, he starts that off in the A clause of verse number 12 that we should constantly do what? Rejoice. Uh, uh, not that we should constantly complain. Uh, not that we should constantly walk away. Not that we should constantly give up. But Paul is saying uh, for hope to be fulfilled, there has to be rejoicing. Come on now. Let's focus on that word rejoice. Re rejoice. Rejoice. It is the verb uh, to be glad or to be joyful uh, 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 or to let your hope keep you joyful. So if, if I want to have hope in God, I've got to establish an act of rejoicing in my life. Uh, I like this. This sobering grace of hope is connected to my act of rejoicing. Come on now. Uh, hope is the thing, but then now rejoicing is the act. Come on now. Uh, so before I get to the thing, I've got to establish the act. I've got to find a way to rejoice, baby. Uh, come on, rejoice, rejoice. You got to look at your situation. It might seem hopeless. It might be dim. But he says constantly rejoicing in the hope of God's salvation. So before you get to hope, you need to learn how to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord, I say rejoice. You got to learn how to clap your hands. You got to learn how to have a party. Even though it might be dark, even though it might be dim, you got to learn how to create an act, a relevant act that causes you to rejoice. Come on now. The grace of learning how to be sober, steady, and settled in God. Uh, when we look at this, uh, uh, I understand that, that Paul is leading the believer to understand that if I'm sober in my mind, if I'm sober in my thoughts and my choices, our hope in God will never fade away. Come on now. If I'm sober enough to understand that I can, that God can keep my mind, he can keep my thoughts, he can bless my choices, then my hope will never fade away. But guess what causes all of this to remain sober? Your act of rejoicing. That's why praise has to be activated in your life. Come on now. Praise is not dead. Praise is not dead. Praise is not you sitting there meditating. But when you rejoice about something, it means that you open up your mouth and you begin to talk about it. You begin to brag about it. You begin to say something about how you feel. Paul is saying, open up your mouth and constantly rejoice in hope. Come on now, in hope. Can, can, can I say it like this? Uh, the act of rejoicing influences my desired and expectation and expected hope to believe God. I want to say that again. The act of rejoicing influences my desired and expected hope to believe God. Do you believe God? That's the question I want to ask you. Do you believe God enough that he'll bring you through? Do you believe God enough that he's sovereign enough to leave you right there for a season? He's sovereign enough to leave you sitting right there in the middle of a storm, in the middle of a boat, and it seems like all hope is gone. But I believe God enough to understand that I can rejoice when it's raining. I, I can rejoice when it's sunny. I, I can rejoice when my pockets are empty. I can rejoice when my pockets 
is a fool, but I can rejoice at all times. Now, now I understand what David meant when he says, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praises shall be in my mouth. Come on now, a, a continual praise, a, a continual praise that allows me to rejoice even though I am distressed. I'm learning what it is because he said we've been graced to do it again. How do I learn how to be sober, steady, and settled in God? Number one, I have to learn what it is to, to have the grace of sobering hope. Uh, come on now, let's keep walking through the text. I want you to repeat this after me. Say, Lord, keep my mind, keep my heart and my ears open to receive this word today in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Sometimes I got to do a wellness check, you know, because, you know, you start teetering off and sleepy. But, but I want you to really understand that the enemy never wants you to walk in the power of hope. He never wants you to activate your grace of rejoicing. Why? Because he wants you to be miserable. He wants you to be miserable. He wants you to be miserable. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy your ability to hope in the salvation of God's redeeming grace for your life. So sometimes you got to say, Lord, I submit my mind, my heart, and my ears. Wake up. I need you to hear this word because I'm going to need it after today. I'm going to need it tomorrow. So I got to be right here. The grace of sobering hope. Number two, the grace of walking steady. Come on now. Uh, you know, when I was writing this out, I, I'm saved, Uncle Marcus. You know, he prays for me and Auntie Angie. They, they pray for me. And, you know, I'm an RB head. And, and when I was writing this, Jay, I start hearing Aretha Franklin, Rock Steady. Come on now. I, you know, I love Aretha Franklin. I, I love that song, uh, Rock Steady. I, I actually went and listened to it while I was studying because I really wanted to know what she was saying. Come on now. She was really talking about you might have some issues, you might have some struggles, but sometimes you need to get in your car and you need to just rock steady. Come on now. You need to get in your car and you just need to drive away. You need to get in your car. I know some of y'all are like, Pastor, we just came out of the glory. We're still in the glory. Come on now. Rock steady. That's, that, that's what I heard. The grace that causes me to walk steady. Come on now. Uh, look closely at the B clause. Uh, I'm still in verse number 12. Paul is teaching us to be steadfast and patient in times of distress. Come on now. Uh, uh, that word steadfast in the text means to show endurance, uh, to bear up, uh, to, pre to, to preserve, uh, to be patient in times, Auntie Angie, of trial and tribulation while on the path of persecution and suffering that comes with being a believer. Oh, come on now. Y'all y'all didn't hear. Uh, 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 it, didn't, it didn't say that comes with being rich. Uh, didn't say that comes with being having all of the money. Comes with having all of your no, 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 no. This type of, uh, of grace comes when you are a true believer. Come on now. You learn how to walk steady in the times of difficulty and distress and trial and tribulation. You, you learn how to bear it up. Come on now. You, you learn how to stand tall through it. Uh, uh, but sometimes you got to know what to do. Uh, he says, be steadfast and patient in times of distress. This post-pandemic has been stressful. 
getting on my nerves uh, wearing that mask and everywhere you go somebody's looking and nobody wants to touch you now and nobody wants to reach out it has become stressful the trial and the tribulation of, of the economy the, the trial and the tribulation of my job the trial and the tribulation and, and persevering through relationships some relationships were strong but guess what the pandemic really told me if you were really my friend or not so many of us got mad because uh, we were talking about going to church and we were talking about doing this. But when we really look at it, Paul is saying that I want you to walk steady. Come on now. When you think about that walking steady, come on now. The late Douglas Miller, come on now. Sang a song, my soul has been anchored in the Lord. He was really saying to us, though the billows may flow and the waves may crash against me, my soul will remain steady in the Lord. Uh, I used to hear the old mother say, I, I used to hear the deacon say, in times like these, be very sure that your anchor holds. Uh, uh, am I talking to some weak that don't have an anchor? Am I talking to some believers that know how to drop your anchor and settle yourself and steady yourself and remain sober in the things of God? Some of us just need to allow the boat to just sway a little bit come on but when the anchor drops come on now it stops the boat from moving it stops the boat from moving it may be going from side to side but guess what you're anchored enough you're steady enough that you won't fall over you're steady enough that you won't fall off you're steady enough that you won't lose your mind the grace of walking steady, come on now. Uh, of walking steady, come on now. Uh, stay the course. Stay in the race. Uh, endure. Be patient. Persevere. I feel this thing. Uh, God has been kind. He's been good. Uh, he's been wonderful. Uh, he's turning it around for my good. He didn't leave me as grandmama said. Come on now. Uh, lift up your hands and repeat it after me. I have the grace to live sober. I've got the grace to walk steady. Come on now. I want you to lift up your hands and say, I've got the grace to be sober. I've got the grace to be steady. Come on now. If you got to get in your car and turn on some music and just ride down the highway and say, rock steady with me, Jesus. I need you to keep me sober in my mind. I refuse to be drunk and distressed. I refuse to be on a place where I can't find my mind, but I want to be sober and steady in the things of God. What do I need to do? I need to learn how to walk in God by being, uh, come on now, uh, sober and steady. Come on now. Come on. Somebody say, I want to be steady. Come on now. I, 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 I want to be steady. Come on now. I, I, I want to learn how to walk the tightrope. Uh, y'all, y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. Uh, y'all remember when you used to be in the I never did it, but I seen it. My friends used to practice. I'm getting drunk, but I need to make sure if I get pulled over, I can be steady enough uh, drunk to walk the line because I refuse to go to jail but I'm going to be drunk enough to walk the line. How you going to drink like that but you can't stay on the line? Come on now. Hey, you got to be steady enough. Steady in your prayer. Steady in your worship. Steady in your commitment. Steady in your giving. You got to be sober enough even though the waves are coming against you that you won't fall. 
It didn't say it won't come against you, but you won't fall. Come on now. I'm learning to have the grace of sobering hope. I'm learning what it is Paul is teaching us. Can I suggest to you, uh, when you walk steady, it means that you're learning how to be strong. It means that you're growing up. It means that you have taken off the training wheels. Come on now. It means that you can stand on your own. But I want to get right here. Uh, the grace of sobering hope. The grace that causes me to walk steady, but then I have the grace to remain settled. Uh, what, are, what are you talking about, preacher? Uh, uh, a grace that settles me means that I've come into a rest, a place of real rest. Come on now. Uh, that fixed place, to resolved or established. I, I want to repeat this again. The grace to remain settled, it, it reflects uh, a place of real rest. Can somebody say, I want real rest in my life? If you really want real rest, then that means that you got to do something that's going to cause God to give you real rest. That means that you're going to have to have crazy faith. That means that your hope is going to have to go beyond what you see. Come on now. If you really want to rest in the things of God, that means that you got to do something that you've never done before. you got to step out of the boat. Come on now. you got to step out and walk in the storm. Come on now. you got to step out and walk on the water. Come on now. you got to start the business with no money. you got to go back to school even though you got financial aid that you owe 20 years ago. you got to do something that you've never done before to receive real rest. Come on now. Come on now. Your dream... He said, your grace to do it again. Your dream is not over. Come on now. It's not too late. Come on now. You might be Abraham in your age. You might be Jesus at the age of 12. And you can do a miracle right here today. But you got to understand that you got grace to do it. Paul says right here, right here, as I close with this C clause, verse number 12, he ends the verse by saying, we should be devoted to prayer, continually seeking wisdom, guidance, and strength. Our devotion to prayer is translated through our language of being faithful by persisting and continuing to pray at all times which can reflect the continuation of doing something with intense effort. I like this last part. With the possible implication of doing it despite difficulty. When you pray, it ain't going to be easy all the time. Ah, oh, come on, I'm going to say it again. When you ask God, it ain't going to be easy to just get up and ask him because you've already asked him for the last seven years. You've already asked him for the last 20 years. But got to understand that prayer has no limit. Come on now. It has no time. It has no space. Uh, it, it has no boundaries. Come on now. As long as you persist and you are doing it effortlessly, it will come to pass. But the moment you stop, you got to start all over. Have you ever been praying about something and you were at the height of feeling the breakthrough? and it didn't happen at the time you thought it was going to happen, and you stopped praying for two weeks, you stopped praying for another month, looked around and it was six months, and that same situation comes back around, and you're like, oh my God, I got to pray for this again. You stop praying. Oh, come on now. 
prayer is the key. It's my conversation. Come on now. Uh, it, it, it's, it's my conversation. Come on now. As the church mothers uh, uh, would say, we got to pray through, baby. Come on now. We, we got to pray uh, through until something breaks on my behalf. Come on now. Come on, Jay. We've got to pray through until heaven's windows break open over my head. We've got to pray. We've got to push. We've got to praise. We've got to persist. We've got to persevere until something happens. Can I I say it again. You and I have got to learn how to pray. We've got to push. We've got to praise. We've got to persist. And we've got to persevere. We cannot sit here and just die. We can't sit here and just give up. We can't sit here and just complain. We've got to know how to push our way through until something happens. You've got to know how to pray until something happens. You've got to persevere until something happens. You've got to praise until something happens in your life. Can I tell you, there's a praise on my lips today. I've been graced to do it again. I know that it seems hard. I know that it seems difficult, but I'm graced to do it again. My grace is sufficient enough. I can do all things through Christ who infuses me with the strength and confident peace to have the grace to rejoice in continual hope. Come on now. I, I want to put this verse together and paraphrase it and, and really let you know what it means. Come on now. I really want to let you know what Paul is trying to say to us. Come on, let's put it all together. Come on now. So that you can truly understand what Paul is writing. Remember, we entitled this sermon series, I'm Graced to Do It Again. Can I remind you that God has graced us to do it again seven years later. He's graced us to do it again. He's given us everything that we need. He's put a building in our hand. He's put a building in our hand. For seven years we haven't had a place like this. For seven years we haven't had a place that we could call home, but we've been graced to do it again. So are we going to sit here and give up? Are we going to sit here and run away? Are we going to sit here and complain that 3 p.m. is an inconvenience? I got something to do, but God is saying, if you would just give me an hour of your time just one hour a week I'll change your life I'll change the city I'll break murder I'll stop suicide I'll bless you and your family all the days of your life but I need a church that is ready to rejoice in my hope come on now come on now I'm going to say it. Come on now. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. We've got to learn how to rejoice. We've got to learn how to walk through the moments of distress, trial, and tribulation. Come on now. Church should be inconvenient, never be convenient. God is not convenient. Paul is saying, and he's been teaching us for a whole month, I've been inconvenienced with a thorn in my flesh. I didn't ask for it, but he gave it to me. What am I going to do? I still got to preach. I still got to provide for my family. I, I still got to grow and I still got to be faithful. Why? Because God is still God. He never stopped loving us. God has given us a sobering grace to act out by rejoicing in the desired hope. 
that what God has for me is for me. And that he has a grace to walk steady. And he's given us that grace to walk steady through the toils of disappointment, heartache, and grief. The loss of members, the loss of a husband, Nikki, the, the loss of friends. But God has graced us with the patience to do it again no matter what it looks like. Wanted to shut the door. Come on, Jay. Go back to that great argue, Lord. Want to walk away. But when God is still God, you can't determine what the outcome will look like, but God said, I'm still God. He says, I've graced you enough. I've graced you to walk in my salvation. I've graced you to walk in peace. Come on, stand on your feet. Come on, stand on your feet. Come on, stand on your feet, people of God. Come on, lift your hands. Just lift your hands. Just lift your hands. I want you to just begin to say, Lord, do it again. Do it again. He says in Romans 12, never lagging behind, a glow in the spirit, enthusiastically serving the Lord. Verse number 12, consistently rejoicing in hope because of our confidence in Christ patient in distress, devoted to prayer, continually seeking wisdom, guidance, and strength. I want to pray with you now because it's all about every week feeding, giving you the Word of God. Feeding. Every week we come together. I want to make sure that you learn something, that you feel something. And then that you're able to do something with the word that has been presented to you. I want you to pray this prayer with me. And I want you to repeat it from the bottom of your heart. Are you ready? I want you to, I want you to say it. I want you to mean it. Say, Lord, it is my desire to accomplish these three things this week. As I meditate on this word that has been given to me, Lord, teach me to rejoice in desired hope. I want to learn how to rejoice. Number two, Lord, let me feel your hand guiding me through the tough moments that I may experience this week. Finally, number three, Lord, I want to do what my pastor has asked of me, and that is to devote myself to pray five minutes 
starting now, today, I will pray every day for the next seven days, for five minutes. I'm going to devote myself to prayer. I ask that you let me feel your hand as it guides me through. Lord, teach me and show me how to rejoice in your desired hope for my life. Come on, lift your hands. Father, in Jesus' name, you said that we're graced to do it again. Father, this installment of, of this series, oh God, Father, we thank you that it will be etched into our hearts, into our minds, and into our souls. Father, teach us. We're willing and we're available to learn what it is to be sober in our hope. We're willing and we're learning and we're available and we just don't want to learn, but we want to feel your hand. We want to feel your presence walking and guiding us through, through the tough moments that we may experience and that may come against us. But most of all, Father, we want to do what you've asked us to do, devote ourselves to prayer. Father, it's in Jesus' name. You want to be saved today and you want God to come into your life and you're saying, Pastor G, what must I do to be saved? Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross and he rose again and you shall be saved. Simple as that. You don't have to give an offering. You, 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 you don't have to give a million dollars. You don't have to turn over your house. You, you don't have to give your rent. All you have to do is just confess and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ, uh, the living Christ, the, the Son of God, come on now, he, he died, he was buried, and he rose again with all power in his hand. I'm talking about that Jesus, the same Jesus that healed my life. The same Jesus that saved me can save you. If you want to be saved today, if you, if you just want to rededicate your life, I want you to lift your hands now. If that's you, you want to recommit, I just want you to lift your hands in Jesus' name. If you're looking for a church home and you feel that God has directed you to this place, I want you to lift your hands today. You're, I just want to recommit to my church today. I want to recommit. I want to serve. I, I want to give of my time, my talent, and my gift. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. May the blessing of the Lord rest upon your life. Hey, everybody. I love you. I appreciate you. What an amazing time we've had. Four installments that talked about with grace to do it again. We ended this with being sober, steady, and settled in God. Three things I want you to take home with you this week as you learn how to walk in the grace of being sober, steady, and settled. Number one, Lord, will you teach me how to rejoice in hope? I want to learn what it means to rejoice. And then number two, I want to feel your presence and your hand guiding me through. And then number three, 
I want to do what my pastor's been teaching me for a long time. I want to devote myself to praying five minutes a day, starting now. I want to pray for the next seven days, five minutes a day. I want to devote myself to prayer. This is our prayer. I love you. I appreciate you. Happy birthday, Rock Church. I look forward to seeing you again. We create those relevant moments where broken and hurting people are restored back to their rightful place in God. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Peace.